If you have your Bible, open to Second uh, Corinthians, chapter four. If you were here last week, you might realize, ah, that's the same scripture from last week. So uh, this is part two. Uh, let's pray. Lord, we just recognize how much we need you. Uh, but we also recognize, even as we say that, how great you are. So far beyond what we can comprehend. Thank you that you can speak to us, equip us, but also touch us and heal us, every single one. Because of your greatness. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Pardon? It's a good plan. <laughs> good plan. Uh, verse 18, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are, are eternal. It always throws me when I read things like that because it's, I'm very literal. We look at the things that are not seen. How do you see things that aren't seen? <laughs> Hebrews 11.27 talks about Moses and it says, he endured as seeing him who is invisible. I think, okay, I need some help here. But the reality is that we have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not us. And what that actually says is that God wants to pour his supernatural through us. That's his desire. Sometimes we think it's our desire. Sometimes we think, if I can convince him, maybe he'll actually do something through me. But just the opposite. He is looking to pour his supernatural through us. A friend of ours in Sydney uh, this last week was actually just had a dream, and it was for us as a church. He was actually here in uh, visiting uh, and came early, and, and there was a whole lot of people here. And he said while he was listening in this dream, he was just listening to people talking. Everyone was talking about what God had done through them that week and how they prayed for someone and they got healed. And everyone was talking about this supernatural stuff that God was doing. He was just kind of overwhelmed of the supernatural of God through ordinary people just on a daily basis. And uh, it just hit me again that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We talked a, a few weeks back about the foundation of the kingdom being love and grace. And then we talked a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago about love and about grace. I want to kind of follow through with that and get to that a little bit deeper. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. Verse 18 says, Jesus is speaking. He says, I also say to you that you're Peter, and on this rock I'll build my church. 
that, that rock of confession that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. He says, I will, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I spent a, a, quite a bit of time studying different uh, commentators and different things about keys of the kingdom. And I realized that everyone just makes it very, very complicated, and it's very simple. Keys unlock. Or lock. Simple, huh? Keys unlock. What are the keys of the kingdom? There are a number of them. Uh, Obviously, the gospel unlocks access to the kingdom. It's the beginning. It's the good news. I want to talk about one. I, I don't want to get into all of them, but I want to just talk about one because it applies to what we talked about last week. And that is that humility unlocks grace. James chapter 4, verse 6 says, But he gives grace, therefore God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. There's something of God's heart that responds to humility. In case you didn't get that, 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6 says the same thing. Uh, Submit yourself to your elders, yes, be submissive to one another, and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So there's something of humility being a key that unlocks grace. Unlocks the unmerited favor of God. We talked last week about grace a little bit, what it is. I just want to talk briefly this morning about humility. I heard someone once say, humility is willing to be known for who you are. We often think humility is trying to be less. I'm going to pretend like I'm nothing. But the reality is humility is willing to be known for who you are. It carries with it the idea of honest and transparent. The opposite of that, pride then, is trying to appear other than you are. It carries with the idea of hiding. Wearing a mask from which we get the, the word hypocrisy. And so there is this concept. And in the big picture, we've been talking about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of God, there's something of grace of God released as we're transparent, as we're willing to be known for who we are. Not trying to be something different. The world, this idea is that we have to appear to be different. We have to appear to be great or perfect. You've heard the expression, fake it till you make it. Okay, we gotta, we gotta pretend we're something even if we're not. But the problem with that is that God's opposed to that. But he releases grace to the humble. You would think maybe we better get this humble thing down, huh? It's basically just being honest, transparent. When I don't understand, I say, God, I don't understand. When I don't have strength, I say, God, I don't have strength. And he releases grace. Pride says, I can do it. Even though you can't, you have to appear as if you can. And what happens then 
is that there is no releasing of grace because we haven't come to God and said, I can't do it. I need help. I need strength. I was, I've told you I was raised in an evangelical church, but there was an outpouring of the Spirit, got filled with the Spirit, and got into a, a kind of a movement that was very high on uh, declaring faith in a certain way. And it was like this, that you, uh, you never admit sickness. How are you? I'm blessed. Praise God. I'm the head and not the tail. <laughs> I'm the top and not the bottom. I'm blessed. The problem is what happens when you're sick? See, what, what happened is nobody would admit they were sick. Which meant that they never asked anyone to pray for them. Humility simply says, I'm sick, I need help. Will you pray for me? And the grace of God is released. Pride says, no. I don't need anyone else. None of you are like that. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 2. This is going to get back to kingdom relationships eventually. We started on a uh, scenic route last week. We're still on that scenic route. But Philippians chapter 2 is in my Bible somewhere here. Someone moved Philippians. (laughs) Who did that? From verse 2... Paul writing to the Philippians says this, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind or humility, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Right there you get humility and love. Esteem others. Value and honor other people. But also, look out for their interests. Now let me tell you what that means. We have this treasure in earthen vessel. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Esteem others. Better than yourself. Recognize the power of God can flow through other people. But love them. Realize that the power of God can flow through you as well. Humility says, I can receive from others. But humility, being willing to be known for who you are, says that God can use me to minister to people as well. Why do we need humility when God uses us? I'll give you a couple of reasons why we need humility. We have this uh, wonderful partnership with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can manifest himself through us. If you've taken Activate class, you're aware of that. The manifestations of the Spirit flow through all of us. Words of knowledge, healings, breaking of chains, bringing life. Every one of us has that privilege that dream that our friend Dale had of people talking about God touching people as they prayed for them, as you prayed for them. 
is an indication of what God can do. But there's a danger in that. And the danger is that we begin to think it's us that does it. We forget that this treasure is in earthen vessels, and we begin to think, I'm a good vessel. That's why God can use me. If everyone were like me. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 8. Says uh, from verse 11. Says, beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments. He's talking about the things he's told them to do. Uh, when your heart is lifted up, you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. That was verse 14. Who led you through the wilderness, all this stuff. He says, verse 17, then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. Don't forget the Lord your God when he uses you and touches people as you pray and they're healed that you think it's something of my holiness that did that. It's the hours I spent in prayer. And therefore, if God doesn't use me, it's because I didn't spend enough hours in prayer. You still with me? Mm -hmm. Acts chapter 3. There'll be a point to this eventually. <laughs> Acts chapter 3, verse 11. Chapter 3 is a story of a lame man being healed. Verse 11, now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly amazed. God's going to actually use all of us to bring healing. And people will be greatly amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us as though through our own power or godliness we made this man walk? See, Peter understood something. He had got the story when he had denied Jesus. Something happened where he thought he was strong and could handle it and didn't, and humility came in, and now he recognizes as God moves through him and heals a guy who's lame, that it's not me, it's Jesus. And he goes on and says, that's his name, God's done this, I haven't. See, if we don't understand the role of humility, then as God uses us, we're in danger of losing the very anointing that God flows through us. I think that that's uh, one of the reasons why many revivals diminish. There's outpourings of the Spirit of God. There's uh, incredible things happening. And something creeps in and they say, wow, Look at me. Look at my gift. Look at my holiness. God chose me. God's plan is to use us. Hang on, this is leading someplace. There's another reason why we need humility, and that is to be changed 
requires humility. Because in that, God's grace is, is released. But it also means that we have to admit that maybe we need to change. Mary tells a story a number of years ago when our kids were younger. Uh, we lived in Victoria and we went to the Grampians and we went hiking. And uh, we went up on the uh, cliffs and hiked down this trail quite a ways and we got to this lookout. And from this lookout, we could actually look down and see the house where we were staying. And uh, our boys were teenagers at the time and they said, hey, can we go down the cliff to get to the house? And I said, oh, that, that sounds like fun. Let's do that. And Mary said, oh, she would walk back and, and to the parking lot and get the car and drive around and meet us there, which was quite a ways. And so she took off. We started down the cliff. That's a whole other story, but I'll tell you Mary's story. <laughs> and, she, and she started back, and uh, she realized, I mean, she, while we were hiking up, she was just kind of following along, not really paying attention. She was paying attention, but not to the path, not to the direction. She was paying attention to the birds and the flowers. And, and as she turned around and walked back, she was walking for a while, and there was a little uh, fork in the trail that she didn't realize. It was a rocky place. <laughs> I'm not trying to make you look bad. I'm making a point here, okay? So... I, I did ask her if she wanted to share this, and she said, no, you will make it more succinct. Now she's correcting how I, how I share it. <laughs> Bottom line is that after hiking for quite a while, she, she realized nothing looks familiar. And she began to think, oh, maybe I'm not on the right trail. Maybe something happened that I didn't realize. And so, but she kept walking. And after a while, she went, okay, nothing's actually familiar at all, and I'm not near the, the cliff anymore, and I don't know where I am. And realized maybe she was lost, maybe. Probably wasn't, but... <laughs> but she, she actually prayed and said, God, will you send someone along with a map so I can see where I am and how to get back to the car park to the car and a few minutes later the first people she sees on this path come walking up the path and sure enough they have a map and she asked them you know can I see, can you show me on the map can I see your map can you show me where we are and they did and they showed her where they started from and where they walked and where they were and Mary's first thought was that can't be right <laughs> because I haven't I couldn't be that far off and so she thanked them and they continue on, and she just kept going the way she was, had been going. It's true. <laughs> that can't be right. And then it kind of dawned on her that she really was lost, and she had actually asked God to send her someone with a map, and they did. The point of the story is sometimes it's hard for us to change. It's hard for us to admit that maybe we need to make some adjustments. Humility is willing to be known for who we are. God, I'm lost. I need help. Oh no, I can find my way. 
all, all the men in the room. <laughs> oh, no, we can find our way. We don't need a map. <laughs> Who needs maps? So three days later, we found her. (laughs) No, that's not true. She turned around, went back up the trail, because she'd seen on the map where the the trail had had forked, and so she went back up and went down the trail, got the car, and actually beat us back to the house. Uh, And so we would have never known any of this, except that she was humble and transparent. Was I th- sympathetic? No. I had climbed down the, the cliff with, the, with the, our teenage boys. I was dead. <laughs> so how does this apply to us? Acts 2, 46 says, So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. What? Did you just change directions there, Russ? Acts chapter 5, verse 42. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. It seems that Jesus' pattern was both together and house to house. That's what it seems. The problem is some of us like the together part better. We like the worship part and the teaching. And some of us like the house part better. We like the fellowship and the the ministry to one another. But if this is Jesus' pattern, then we probably need both. See, because in both, we can receive from others. There's a few words shared this morning. But most of you didn't get a chance to share anything. Oh, well, that's comfortable because then I don't actually have to step out in faith when God's put something on my heart. Also, you can have something to add to others. There's a number of one another's in the Bible. John 13, 34 says, love one another. Romans 12, 10 says, be devoted to one another and honor one another. Romans 15, 14 says, instruct one another. Ephesians 4, 32 says, be kind and tender-hearted to one another. Colossians 3, 13 says, bear with one another, forgive one another. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11 says, encourage and build up one another. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Galatians 6.2 says, carry one another's burdens. Humility says, maybe God's way is best. Maybe God's means of releasing grace to me is through others. Could that be? 
Pride says, I don't need that. So, here's the question. And I'm almost finished. Here's the question, a couple of questions for you. Back to uh, 2 Corinthians. Do you see the treasure in earthen vessels? Or do you just see the natural things? Do you see the surpassing excellence of the power of God in others? Or do you see their quirks? Oh, that Tony, he's difficult. <laughs> Fiona's wonderful, but Tony's difficult. <laughs> Seriously, do we say, ah, they're hard work? Or do we see the surpassing value, the excellence of the power that God can pour through them as grace toward us? Humility says, I can receive the grace of God through other people. But the other side of that coin is, do you also recognize that you have something to add to them as well? Wait, I can go pray for someone. I can be used of God. Well, I've got my own quirks. I've got my own craziness. I'm not really in a good place right now. You know, being in a good place is not God's qualification to pour his spirit through you. Because he recognizes you're always going to be an earthen vessel. His focus isn't on your ability. His focus is on his greatness. We just need to change our focus from the natural, so when we don't see the things that are natural, the things that are seen, we see the things that are unseen, which is what? It's the greatness of God. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We recognize that he's big enough even to use wrath. <laughs> which means he's big. He's bigger than that. And he can even use Russ. Let me ask you. Do you get your focus on people? Or on the greatness of God? And then are you humble enough to recognize that excellence of the power is of God and not of us? One other question. Then we're going to spin, go back into some worship. Do you rejoice when God uses someone else? Are you excited when God uses someone else? Or do you have to get in your part? Do you rejoice? when God uses someone else and brings about healing. Let me ask you, church as a whole, do you rejoice if God uses another church in the city to release revival? Or do we say, oh, we want revival, but it's gotta be through us.
Huh? Gotta be proud of how humble you are. Yeah, gotta be proud of how humble we are. <laughs> Sadly, that creeps in. Years and years ago, I was uh, leading a discipleship ministry. Mary and I were at a church, a big church in uh, California where we lived. We were quite young. And someone had come in. They had a, a problem. So I ended up spending some time with this couple. And there was a word of wisdom, supernatural. And the presence of God broke in and brought healing in this couple's relationship. And it was just absolutely amazing. But while I'm doing that, all the rest of the ministry team that we're overseeing are out doing some gardening. And so after I finished this, I went out and I was helping them. I was pulling weeds. And I was, this thought ran through my mind. I'm a mighty man of God, but I'm not above pulling weeds. I'm so humble. And the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, you're a weed puller that occasionally I use. <laughs> I'm still a weed puller that occasionally he uses. <laughs> Obviously not as much as I should be. <laughs> okay, we need some confession this morning. <laughs> Humility says, we need some prayer for her. <laughs> There's something of God's heart that's released, his grace that's released, as we simply humble ourselves. Not to say I'm less. Not to say I can't do anything. See, God actually made me with a pretty good memory. I tend to remember things. In almost everything I read, I remember. If I learn your name and I write it down, I'll probably remember it. To pretend I don't is not humility, it's pride. It's appearing to be something I'm not. Humility says yes. Mary has got an incredible... Love, passion for truth, and for the presence of God. She spends time in the Word more than I do. Uh, she enjoys the presence of God. To pretend she doesn't, oh, I'd never do that. That would just be untrue. It'd be pride. But the reality is, if we're honest, then God's grace can be poured in and through us. So what does that mean? His grace is released in humility. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. God's not afraid of honesty. He's not afraid of questions. I felt this morning the Holy Spirit say that there is someone here who isn't sure that they believe that God exists. He's not afraid of that. If you simply be honest with him, say, God, I'm not, a, I'm not sure you exist. If you do, will you show yourself to me? Then his grace can be released.
If you've been struggling, we've had words this morning about fear, about trusting Him. If you've been struggling, would you just humble yourself and say, God, I've been struggling with this. Will you pour your love in me? That was the word. He would pour his love. His perfect love casts out fear as we trust in him. I'm going to ask you, will you quit trying to work it through and get all the answers and do more study and just simply say, God, I need you. If you felt, have felt that you've got your life all in control, you do God a favor every once in a while when you go to church, but you don't actually need his presence because you've got it together. Would you just humble yourself and say, God, I need you. But the greatest application is if you don't know him, you can. Everything we've sung about and said this morning is about how God redeems us because of what Jesus has done. Not because of what we do. How God restores us, forgives our sin, removes it from us, and restores us to relationship with him. And that's the greatest thing. If you don't know him, all you have to do is humble yourself. Say, Lord, I want to know you. Will you forgive me? And then what happens is that he gives grace. Supernatural, unmerited favor. We don't earn it. We don't deserve it. Would you say, God... Will you use me to touch others? I might not have all the understanding. I don't think I'm spiritual enough. But would you use me anyway because you're big? And then he gives grace. And his supernatural power flows through us to touch others. Would you just take a moment and respond to him as the uh, team comes back? We're going to end in some worship. I'm going to leave my mic on so you can hear me sing. We've got grace for that. Why don't we stand? You have grace for that. (laughs) 